Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and this is my 2022-23 to 23, or 2023 uh, preview season or season preview for the upcoming season which has technically already started because pre-season's already started but yeah 2022-23 to 23 season preview. So uh, a few things to get into, obviously it's been a minute uh since i've talked about things and to be honest it's been it's been a good sort of break not from podcasting i've still been covering tv shows and whatnot uh obviously entertainment talk is more than just men united but it, it's been good to uh, I've, been, I've been observing things i've been listening to things i've been you know still in the football ecosystem if you will and you know observing things that have been going on the transfers the ins the outs ten Hag, all these different things but I've just been keeping everything stored for this podcast. Um, because instead of me doing 15 episodes or something, and like, hey, De Jong might be going, hey, Pogba's gone, hey, Ericsson's here, and like, separate episodes for everything, um, I can just bundle it all into a nice little, or big, depending on how long this is, season preview. Um, so Ten Hag is here. We've played a few games with him. Um, tried out a lot of the youth. Tried out some of the old first team um, players have gone. Three players have come in. Hopefully, more come in. Um, but what I couldn't do is do this season preview when the transfer window ends, because I believe that's the first of September. Well, it's somewhere in September, and the season would have already started. I would I would have already been doing podcasts anyway, because we kick off uh, next weekend. I think it's August seventh with um, Brighton. So, yeah, I had to do this sooner or later. You know, De Jong could sign tomorrow. Somebody could be sold tomorrow. Um, But, of course, if there is things that happen transfer-wise between now and the opening day, I'll just talk about it on the opening day of the season. Uh, So, so far, Ten Hag has come in. Um, I've liked what I've seen very much so far. And you've got to keep in mind, you know, I was moaning about Oli. We knew Ralph was a temporary manager and we knew that somebody new had to come in somebody of a permanent appointment and we'd all looked around and thought okay maybe Antonio Conte maybe this person maybe that person maybe Pochettino and myself as many was many as um myself as well as many others uh wanted Ten Hag I wanted Eric Ten Hag we've got him so I can't complain and I'm very happy with what I've seen so far there's a few caveats slash asterisks to that which I think are things I need to talk about in terms of certain Tenarg decisions that I think are not being fully made by him and I think also affected Ralph. Uh, the the, The first thing I want to mention from that so instead of pinning that and talking about that in a minute he's come out and he's said and we've also seen on the pitch Harry Maguire is still the captain at the moment. And a few fans have gone, oh, get 10. It was so funny because before we'd even kicked a ball in in, in a preseason game, not even for the actual proper season, for, for a preseason game, before that had even happened, Ten Hag did a press conference, or he's done a few press conferences, and he said, Maguire's going to remain as my captain. And there were already people tweeting Ten Hag out before we'd even kicked a single football. It's amazing, isn't it? 
Um, I think there's a lot of PR slash British media slash political things going on with Harry Maguire. He um, is not a good player, to put it lightly. He was terrible last season. But in the eyes of somebody like the Glazers and the British media and all the PR surrounding Harry Maguire... Harry Maguire to Manchester United is our £18 million British asset. And because he is British and also white and because he costs a lot of money and because he's currently the club captain... The club, not I don't think Ten Hag has made this decision, has said to Ten Hag, you have to pick this guy. And I think the same thing happened with Ralph Ragnick. I don't think the same thing happened with Ollie because Ollie's the one who was part of the decision. I mean, granted, Ed Woodward would have been the one that, you know, greenlit the uh, Maguire signing. But Ollie wanted, o- o- Maguire was Ollie's signing. Um, Ollie made the decision to take the captaincy off of De Gea. And give it to Maguire. So this whole decision making kind of started with Ollie slash Ed Woodward. None of which are currently at the club. Um, so what what's, do, what's done is done with that, right? I'm not going to go over all the old Ollie stuff. I'm just saying where this whole Harry Maguire thing started. Because it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal. It's Because you can't just look at that and think, oh, it's just Maguire, just whatever, right? That will affect the dressing room. That will affect Ten Hag and his, you know, the what happens with all that and how he manages things um it will affect Maguire as a player as a person it will affect all the other players it will affect the egos of certain others because this is a guy who's consistently played bad he's got the captain's armband and we can't we can't get rid of him basically because he also costs too much money his wages are too high um he's part of the whole british media pr spin and he's got the club armband on. He's probably, in my lifetime at least, he's probably our worst captain that I've seen. I mean, I've seen that Roy Keane as a captain, you know, and various other players. Maguire's the worst captain I've seen at least um, in my lifetime since 94 as a captain. But I think that that Harry Maguire as a person is a big barrier to not only Ten Hag's progression, but the squad's progression and... All, all of the noise, there's a lot of noise going on at the moment with Manchester United. Obviously, we're a big club with lots of eyes on us and everything. But there's Ronaldo situation as well. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it it was just so funny of like, oh, Maguire's going to stay as my captain. And people tweeting Ten, Ten Hag out before we've, before we've even started. Before he's even done anything. Like, he's just got here. So, um, yeah. But I, I just wanted to mention that. So, um... Because back in when I... Because I've been covering United since 2019. That was the sort of Ollie first um, uh, proper start to the season. Obviously he had that interim period and that. But I remember at the time consistently moaning about Maguire, Lindelof and Ollie's lack of dropping them. But you have to remember that he he picked those players. He He wanted Maguire. He wanted to pair him with Lindelof. He gave him the captain's armband. So that started off with him. Um, so yeah, but when it comes, I mean, I don't know about Lindelof's a different thing, right? But obviously their partnership has not worked out, uh, Maguire and Lindelof, which we've also seen a bit, a bit of in pre-season. 
But if Ten Hag consistently picks Maguire, I don't think I'm going to blame Ten Hag for that. You can tell me that I got a bias because I like Ten Hag. Um, but the set, exact same thing happened with Ralph. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, it will annoy me if he pairs him with Lindelof because I don't think that partnership works. If he pairs him with Martinez, who we've just got, or Twanzebi or Bailey or Mengi, I'll be more happy about that. But it, it it's a problem. It's a big problem. It'll be interesting to see how that develops throughout the season. Uh, speaking of, obviously, players, um, I'm just going to go in the list of my notes here. So we've got the player ins. Uh, Christian Eriksen from Brentford uh, for free. Um, I believe his contract had ran out, but he had the option to stay at Brentford. Of course, um, amazing, amazing story with Christian Eriksen. You've got to give, you, you've got to give it to Christian Eriksen. You know, it was the I think it was the 2020 Euros cardiac arrest. You know, we almost lost him. Thankfully, we didn't. Of course, uh, great person, great player, just brilliant all around. Um, he's not somebody specifically that. I've looked at and thought we need it for some reason. Ericsson wasn't really on my midfield radar, but as soon as I'd heard, because I didn't really know the situation with Brentford, I didn't know his contract situation or, or anything. I because I don't follow Brentford's activity, but obviously him coming back, you know, Brentford Premier League, and he's done really, really well. He's done really well for himself, so really, really happy for him. Uh, happy for you know his family and everything like that. So, but when it started to get mentioned. About oh there's interest for Man United to get Chris, Christian Eriksen. I went I'd like him. I'm glad we got him. I'm very very glad that we got him. So really really happy about that. Um, th- there's there's probably an inkling from me. Oh, there's probably an ink, not from me. Sorry from the from the Glazers about okay the fans are saying we want Eriksen. He's a viable option. Good for PR. Um, because you have to remember how the Glazers operate. How the club operates and how Ten Hag operates. Those can be very different things. And those can clash at certain points. But if you're the Glazers and you're looking at this, right, and you're thinking we don't have to, we don't have to pay a transfer free fee. Um there's a, you know, good story behind Christian Eriksen, you know, a man who almost passed away, is back, triumphant return to Brentford, doing really well, you know, people love him. Won't cost us any money. The fans have said that they want him. It's good, good all around. And we don't, that means that they don't have to pay another 50, 60, 70, 80 million for another midfielder. So from the Glazers' point of view, and plus there are going to be people, because uh, I think Ericsson's being, revealed to, uh, being unveiled today. I don't know what number he's going to get, but there will be... Glazers will also look at that and think people love Christian Ericsson. They will probably go and buy his shirt, right? Ericsson, whatever number it's going to be, on the back. I'll have a look at the end of this podcast actually to see if they've given Ericsson a number because he's being unveiled sort of like it's it's half past four right now. Uh, he's being un- unveiled today, so hopefully they can give him a kit number and we can see what that is. Uh, there's quite a few available given the outs I'm about to talk about in a minute, so there's that. Um, but no, that that yeah, good story. F- player for free, good player. Fans want him. We can sell some shirts. And I don't want to turn this into a negative, right? I'm just looking at, like, the Glazers have to say yes or no for ins and outs, right? It's money, um, which the Glazers love money. They like it a bit too much, don't they? Um, but they would have had to have said yes or no to this Ericsson signing. And they would have looked at the things I've just mentioned 
and thought shirt sales, good story, free transfer, people love him, fans want him. It, it it's a complete no brainer. Um, the only thing that was sort of up in the air for a little bit for a week or so, a couple of weeks, was does Ericsson himself want to come to Manchester United or stay at Brentford? Um, and he decided to join us, which is brilliant. So I, I'm very happy about that. We all should be. Um, so yeah, good stuff all around. Um, I don't quite completely know how to pronounce this guy's name. Is it either Malasia or... Um, yeah, I think it's Malasia. M-A-L-A-C-I-A. Um, is a... I should have Googled this guy before I started recording. Just give me a second. Mala... Sia? Tyrell... Yeah, Tyrell Malasia is this guy's name. Let me just do a quick Google for him. Because uh, he is one that's a bit more unknown. Which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm going to speak a bit about, like, unknown players and signings and things like that in a minute. So, Tyrell Malasia, who... Uh, or Malaysia. Mal- I think his name's Malaysia. I'll try to listen out for some commentary names and catch on to what the name is. Tyrell uh, Malaysia is a Dutch professional footballer who plays as a left back. Interesting. Uh, for Premier League club now Manchester United and the Netherlands, so Holland or Dutch uh, national team. Malaysia joined uh, Feyenoord's youth system at the age of nine. He made his professional debut for club in December 2017 and won the KNVB Cup in 2018. I don't know what that is. Um, interesting, uh, so August 17th is his birthday, so very soon actually, uh, he's 22 years old, so in a few weeks he'll be 23, and he's a defender, and it says here that he's got number 12, um, I'm not completely sure if that's accurate, but that's what's written here, we also didn't have a number 12, I don't think anybody actually even had that number last season, so that, that sort of makes sense, um, interesting, so, the, because the one position that everybody's looked at is like, we need to fix our midfield desperately. We still do, but desperately need to fix our midfield. And the first player that we brought in was a left back. So, in terms of fullbacks at the club, obviously people like Diego Delo and Wamba Saka on the right hand side. So you've got four contenders for your left back side because we left left back side <laughs> for your left back. Um, obviously Malasia, uh, who's already made some preseason appearances. Luke Shaw, um, what's his name? Alex Tellers, and where does Brandon Williams fit into all this? Will he be loaned again? Will he be sold? He was loaned to Norwich last season, where he played against Christian Eriksen for a game. There was an interesting exchange between the two of them. But what does that mean for those players? Because interestingly, during pre-season, it's been Shaw or Malasia at left-back. Tellers at certain points has been brought on as a centre-back. I don't think Tellers is going to be playing as a centre-back. I think Tellers is going to be the one that gets sold. Um, I think in terms of Tellers, <sighs> defensively he certainly has some weaknesses, uh, no doubt. Uh, we've seen some points in games where he wasn't stopping crosses and he, he was just not great defensively. But he is more of an attacking fullback. Now we have already so many players who can play on the left-hand side. I can think of three straight off the bat. You've got Rashford, you've got Sancho, and you've got Anthony Martial. So, because my, my a suggestion I made last season was, okay, if you have Shaw, who's more of a defensive left-back, you put him there. And what if you just push Tellers further up? So you play him either as like a left wing back 
or you play him um, as a left midfielder, left winger. Because what you could do, I mean, I don't think it would be in Ten Hag's system really, is a five at the back. If you had, let's say, Delow, two centre backs, then Shaw left centre back, Tellez left wing back. Because Delow himself is also an attacking full back. So don't know how all that's going to quite work. And if Tellez doesn't get sold, because I'm not actually hearing anything or reading anything about Tellez on the out, but we've got three regular left backs and this Williams guy who's just sort of, I don't know what we're doing with Williams. So interesting. Um, what we've seen of him so far in preseason, I've been quite impressed with. He's very quick. His ball control looks really good. Uh, we did score a goal the other day where he crossed it across to Delo, Delo crossed it in, Martial scored the goal, which is uh, it was a great goal to see. Um, but that cross also was on his right foot, so we know already he's relatively good, or pretty good, uh, with his right foot, which is very good. Uh, but I've been impressed with him, I think he I think he looks good. Granted, we've not seen like tons of him yet, we've only actually played, I think, three or four preseason games, and he's made like appearances, but I think he's looked great so far. Um, is he going to make mistakes throughout the season? Is he going to get tackled, lose the ball, misplace passes? Probably. Every, everybody in this team will probably do that at some point. Um, so he's not going to be like perfect. But I think he's looked great so far. So again, not one that was on my radar. I hadn't admittedly even heard of him beforehand. Obviously the club did some scouting. It was just interesting that I think it was two days after our first training session with Ten Hag. Clearly something was there and he went... I need a left back. I need this Malasia guy. And we signed him within about two days. Uh, or two or three days. So it was very, very... It, it, like, training session started, I think, on a Monday. And then, like, almost by the end of the week, we'd signed a left back. So, clearly Ten Hag... Either Ten Hag knew him before or whatever. Or, like, um, you know, obviously he got the Dutch connection there. Um, so... I don't know. Interesting. Very interesting how that sort of just, like... Need this guy. I know that you have know, this Malasia guy. Let, let's go and get him. Because um, you got it. That makes you kind of think, right? Like, we, we know Shaw and Tellers. Like, every player's got their weaknesses, right? Every single player in the world has got their weaknesses. They're all very. Every player's good at things, but they're also weak at, weak at certain other things. I wonder what it was from seeing Shaw and Tellers in training and thinking, I've got two left backs here. Who both offer different things, right? Shaw's more defensive. Um, Tellers is more attacking. What was it that he saw that he thought, I need another left back right now, before he tackled the midfield? Interesting. Very interesting. So, interesting to see how that works out this season. Um, but that is Tyrell Malasia. Uh, another guy. Let me just type in this guy's name. Uh, Marti... Martinez Man United. There's another Martinez. I don't want to get him mixed up with him because there's a striker called Martinez as well. Here's the guy, uh, Lissandro Martinez. Uh, now this looks like a more um, expected signing, I suppose, because I was not expecting us to sign a left back. So Lissandro Martinez, Argen, uh, Argentina football uh, football player. Uh, Lissandro Martinez is an Argentine professional footballer who plays primarily as a centre-back for um, Ajax and the Argentina uh, national team. Recently, a Premier League club, Man United, agreed to sign him on a five-year deal with Ajax. Uh, born 18th of January, 98, uh, age 24. Um, it doesn't say his club number at the moment. It says number 25, but it says here for Argentina. So, um, a centre-back... 
this brings up a few questions. So he plays primarily, it says, as a centre-back. I've heard he can play as a defensive midfielder. Now, I don't know much about this guy either. He's a bit of an unknown to me anyway. So the centre-backs that we currently have, Harry Maguire, um, Victor Lindelof, Eric Bailey, Axel Twanzebi, uh, William Fish, if you count him, I suppose. He did make an appearance in pre-season. Um, then you've got, uh, I think his name's Tending. Mengi, I got Mengi as well, Phil Jones, and I'm sure there was one more. That's seven centre-backs. Now, to me, I would get rid of Lindelof and Maguire, and I think it's time for Phil Jones to, to move on. So that cuts it down to a few. Um, I, I'll give you at the end of the... My, the last thing I'm going to talk about in this podcast is like, okay, out of the players we currently have, how would I line the team up? I've got it quite clear in my mind as to what I would do so because you've got three three main competing centre-backs now Harry Maguire who's got all the things I mentioned at the start Martinez who's a brand new signing like it, you, Ted Hag's not bought this guy to go on the bench and then you got um, uh, I forgot to mention Varane as well then you got Varane And you only pick two at a time. Unless you are going to play five at the back. And you use those three. And then you play two fullbacks. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be happening. So either. Maguire and Varane are going to be at the back. And Martinez is going to be in the midfield. Or one of Varane and Maguire is going to get dropped. And Martinez is going to play as a centre back. Though that could chop and change throughout the season. It doesn't mean like he's going to permanently be in one spot. And if you rotate him between the two positions, that's fine. Um, to m- my preferred choice would be if you played Varane and Bailey, and then had Martinez as, as a CDM, because Maguire can just go, as far as I'm concerned. But if he starts picking him as a centre back, I mean, do you put what fifty million pound Champions League Varane on the bench? No. Um, are you going to put the £80 million British-loved captain? I mean, Maguire's the captain. Do you put him on the bench? You can't put your captain on the bench because then you can't be you can't wear the armband on the bench. Somebody on the pitch has got to wear the armband. So, something's got to give. Something's got to give. Um, and I don't know right now. I mean, Varane is a bit more injury-prone. So, Varane's not going to be around... The whole season. he I think he's actually currently injured right now in fact. So obviously when that happens. What does that mean? But then what does that mean for somebody like Lindelof. Who for the best part of. Not the best part. For the most part of the last three years. He's been the one partnering. Maguire. Um, and when Varane was injured last season. Lindelof took that spot. And there was even points where. Maguire was injured for a short period. And it was Varane and, uh, Varane and Lindelof. So Varane was still... Varane and Maguire were still the main kind of two. So you chuck Martinez in there. Um, also, what does that mean for people like Mengi and Twanzebi and Eric, Bay, uh, Eric Bailey? I don't know. Unless you simply shift Martinez to midfield. And then you probably play, unfortunately, uh, Varane and Maguire. But I don't know. Um, I've heard some good things about him. I don't know much about this guy. I can't give you an analysis of him. Because I've not seen him played before so he'll be a new discovery to me 
as well. And yeah, it says here, uh, 55 million pound move. So essentially, you've got, I think it was 40 or 50 million pound for, for Varane, 55 million for Martinez, and 80 million for Maguire. It's a lot of money. And are you going to have either a 40, 50, or 80 million player on the bench? One of those being your 80 million pound captain? Interesting to find out. I'll be interested to find out. So, there we go. That's it for the ins. Three. Um, so, essentially, we've spent... Because Malasia was about 15 million. So, essentially, we've spent 60... It was 70? So, 55... Then 15, so 60, yeah, 70 million we've spent so far. And I was hearing uh, through multiple different things, not just people on Twitter, but like journalists, saying we have between 120 and 150 million to spend. And even at the time, I myself and most Man United fans, when we read that, said that's not enough money. We haven't even spent that yet. Um, I think we need to double that. Probably three hundred million. Um, just yeah, we'll talk about the De Jong thing in a minute as well. Because uh, we, God, goodness me, we 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 desperately need midfielders. We really, really do. Um, Fred, uh, Fred and McTominay just can't do it. They just can't do it. Um, let me let me just talk about Fred for a second. Before I get to the outs. Some people have suggested that. Okay if you take McTominay out of the equation. And you partner Fred with like Van Der Beek or something. That you can get something out of him. I I kind of half agree. Like there's parts of Fred's game where you think. Because like he's really good. He's like really tenacious. He's really good at breaking up the play. But the problem with Fred is. The things you need to be good at as a midfielder, which yes, tackling is obviously one of them. He's good at breaking up the play. He's not good at passing. He doesn't track people well enough. He gets pushed over by too many players. I mean, do we, do we remember the game against Leicester last season where Damari Gray pushed him over? You, c- you can't be doing that in the Premier League. Um, doesn't track runners. He he can't pass. So yeah, you can get a tackle in, but okay, you get the tackle in, you win the ball, and then what? Pass it and lose it. It's not good enough. Like he's just we we've tried this whole Fred McTominay or McFred thing for three years and it's just not worked. You've parted McTominay at points with other people. McTominay's got like a almost different set of issues. Um, it, they're both just not good enough. And and the question you have to ask about this May United team, because even if we forget like a Liverpool Man City for a second, right? Because they're like levels above where we are at the moment. I don't want to say that, but it's true. Do Fred and McTominay get into Chelsea's midfield? Do they get into Arsenal's midfield? Do they get into West Ham's midfield? Do they get into Tottenham's midfield? I don't think that they do. I think they would maybe get on like Tottenham's bench or maybe Arsenal's bench. Uh, Chelsea got a good midfield. West Ham have got a relatively decent midfield. Um... And every single, regardless of any of those clubs, every single Premier League team last season and other teams as well, so like Atletico Madrid and other teams that we played in Europe, every single team when we played McTominay and Fred had no problems running through our midfield. Norwich did it, Brentford did it, Brighton did it, every single team in the Premier League did it. 
So if you were to put those midfield players into, let, let's say you take out, is it? I think it's Jorginho and Kante. Let's say you take those two out and you put McTominay and Fred in. Chelsea's midfield probably gets ran through because they, they, they just they don't do what they need to do. Um, so in terms of this like little sort of like, oh, Fred's got a bit of something to his game. It's not enough. It, it, it's just not enough. Um, the the thing is with Fred as well is. Every sort of one in ten to fifteen games, he'll have a game where you think, "Why can't you do that more often?" And he'll break up the play. He'll do some good bits and stuff, and he'll like actually pass the ball okay. And then he doesn't do it for another ten games, so it's not consistent enough either. So, anyway, there we go. All right, speaking of men's football, which is what I'm talking about here. Uh, of course, we are sponsored at the moment by Manscaped. Manscaped is a men's grooming service you can go and buy various different men's grooming products from them uh such as razors shavers deodorants different clothes uh, different sort of sets of things different kits of things as well so not just one or two items you can buy actual like sort of bundles of things as well uh so if you're interested in that we have got a good deal at the moment with manscaped uh, there's a few good things to note here as well is that uh, you don't actually have to type in Manscaped. You don't have to press your M key or anything like that. If you simply scroll down your show notes uh, for this particular podcast, uh, you'll see the link uh, for Manscaped in your show notes. So just scroll down a little bit, click on that, and there you go. There's Manscaped's website. You didn't have to didn't have to type in anything. Uh, then you go on there, have a browse of what they have got, so make a selection for yourself, so whether you're treating yourself or somebody else. Uh, Manscaped has got plenty to offer with that. But if you're thinking, hey, you know, that's going to cause me to spend money... Um, and you don't want to spend too much money. We've got a good deal going with Manscaped at the moment as well. Uh, if you get to, or once you get to that um, checkout, and you get to that promo code box, once you've you know figured out what you want to buy and everything, uh, you can type in the promo code, which is ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, uh, to get 20% off your order with Manscaped and a nice bit of free shipping as well. So 20% off, ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K, 20% off, with Manscaped, just to speak about their products as well, uh, all very sort of you know first hand, very professionally made. None of the sort of second hand stuff that you'd find at other places as well. Uh, packaging's really great. You're gonna get everything. Everything's gonna be in great condition. Your products are gonna last you a long time. Like your things like your shavers and razors and ear and nose hair trimmers. You know, very good sort of products. They don't feel like they're gonna break or anything like that. Um, so all good on the on the quality aspect, whether it's the packaging or the items themselves. So again, Etalk UK. E-T-A-L-K-U-K, put that in the promo code box, click apply, and you'll see that nice 20% off get, you'll see that nice 20% get taken off of your purchase uh, with Manscaped. So thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks Podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link hi there if you'd like to get rid of the ads in entertainment talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes we've got good news for you there as well you can subscribe to entertainment talk at either the five dollar level tier or ten dollar level tier the five dollar level tier will get you access to all of entertainment talks previous ad-free podcasts and 
the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned. And it will also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show. Or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Okay, let's talk about the outs. Uh, ones that we know about have pretty much the only ones that have gone so far. Pogba, Lingard, Matic, Cavani, Mata. Um, I wrote down Greenwood here and all I'll say about Greenwood is the situation is still unknown. I've not heard uh, Pip squeak about that. I've not heard anything. I cannot tell you anything. I can't tell you how the trial's going or the investigation or whatever the occasion is. Um, I don't know what's going on with Greenwood. I don't know if he will or won't, won't return. Or what's happened with the case, I have not heard anything. Um, so that's all I can say about that. Um, is he a great footballer? Yes. Should he come back? Probably not. Um, is he a great footballer? Obviously he's full of talent. But uh, obviously the situation is uh, far bigger than just uh, discussing him. There's obviously other people involved in that as well. Um, so that's all I can really update about that. I just thought I'd mention it. Um, people seem a little bit sort of, I, I get this because people on Twitter and stuff have been referring to him as like number 11, as if like we can't say his name, um, which is odd because yes, he did a bad thing and it's still being investigated, but, and I don't, this isn't, this isn't me by the way comparing Greenwood to other bad people, um, but people still mention other bad people's names in history. Uh, people still mention like Michael Jackson and Hitler and like I, I'm not comparing these people to Greenwood I'm just saying in terms of like public figures um, or like you know uh, people that have been in charge of countries and whatnot that have done horrible things as well uh, when people talk about Michael Jackson they don't say like oh the singer like the way that people have been saying number 11 maybe it's because it's it's a bit fresher than obviously the Hitler situation was years and years and years and years ago um but maybe it's because it's too fresh and too raw for people I understand that but um yeah there's something I don't quite get like why why are people why do people seem so afraid to just say it's just his name like you're not giving out legal court details or anything like that like you're not doing it's not it's not illegal to say his name um and obviously you shouldn't say it in a in a good way because he's done a bad thing but it's 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 a bit odd i don't find it like bad or whatever it's just just odd to me that like okay why do we have to call him number 11 but we don't have to call him number 11 anyway that's enough on that i'll that's the last i'll say on that uh pogba lingard matic cavani matter so pogba's gone off to juventus lingard um, has gone off to Nottingham Forest, oddly. I'm really, really, really surprised West Ham haven't picked him up. Really surprised. Uh, Matic, where did Matic go? I think he went to Roma. 
Matter, I haven't heard anything about Cavani. Cavani, I've not heard anything about either. Although Cavani did want to go back home, didn't he? Because uh, we just about got him for last season. Um, so that would be where is he from? He's from Uruguay, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's not from Argentina. He's from yeah, from Uruguay. So he's gone back to play somewhere over there. I think Mata wanted to go back home, so he's gone back somewhere to Spain. I haven't heard specifically about uh, Cavani and Mata, but anyway, none of those players play for us anymore. Just to speak on the Lingard thing, um, he's been putting some uh, dance videos out there, obviously when he used to score goals, which became more of a rarity as the years went on. Um, He used to dance when he scored a goal. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Is there anything wrong with him making dance videos? No. Um, He's not doing anything illegal. He's not doing anything wrong. He's having a good time. He enjoys dancing. Not a, lot of, not a lot of other people seem to enjoy him dancing, but he enjoys it. He wants to put himself online dancing. He isn't doing anything wrong by doing that. Uh, it's not illegal. He's not hurting anybody. You, you, you yourself might think, oh, he looks a bit silly. He's like a 20, 29-year-old man, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the case that people just don't like his dancing style. People want him to do it in a different way. Or I, I think there's a bit of a thought out there that, like, Should he like? Because I've sort of got the feeling as as well, kind of of. Does he kind of want to do dancing more than football? Because he kind of seemed a bit more interested at one point, or like over the summer, in dancing over playing football. Um, it's up to him what he wants to do. He can do both, of course. Um, just because you're a footballer doesn't mean you can't do other things. Um. But, like, does it make him a clown? Does it make him pathetic? No, he just wants to make dancing videos. Uh, I mean, I'm not a particular fan of, of his dancing, whatever. I'm not going to pay attention to it. That, that's all you simply have to do. If you see a vo- video of him dancing, which is kind of hard to avoid sometimes. You know, he's in the Man United ecosystem still. Just scroll past it if you don't like it. And I don't like it, so I take maybe a quick glance at what's there. I see him dancing. I scroll past. He doesn't play... I, I didn't want him at my club that I support because I don't think he's good enough as a footballer but that's my comments on him as a footballer I don't think he's good enough he's gone now I never have to see Lingard play football again um so cool we could we could just move on um it's up to Nottingham Forest fans, fans to see what they think of him but I was just very surprised that he didn't go back to West Ham and in terms of the business side of this for Manchester United this was terrible business uh last season when he went on loan to West Ham, which was, I think, January last year, last season. Um, or maybe it's the season before. It, it was very recently anyway. Um, he, when he went on loan to West Ham, he started doing very well. Cool. He moved on to West Ham. He wasn't working out for him at May United. He went on loan. He seemed to get on with the fans and the players over there. He was scoring goals. Cool. Seemed like it worked out. Worked out. Uh, we said to him, we want you back for some reason. West Ham said, hey, we'll offer you 30 million. We turned down 30 million. So it, it, here's the train of events of what happened, and none of this makes any sense. From a, from a Manchester United standpoint, none of this makes any sense. We weren't picking him. He wasn't good enough. You might have thought he was good enough as a footballer. That's totally fine. I didn't think he was. I've been saying for a while I don't think that he was. Went on loan to West Ham. Everything was going well. West Ham said, hey, we quite like this player. He's played well. 
we'll offer you 30 million. Man United said, no, we want him back. We brought him back. We didn't play him. Then it got to, I believe, January. Um, so we'd said no to West Ham. We'd said, no, we want him back. We want to play him. We didn't. Um, we, we, we didn't pick him. Then it got to January. Uh, I think the January just gone uh, of this year. And uh, that was when Ralph was in charge. And uh, they said about like, oh, West Ham's still trying to sort of pursue him. Or he, he still wants to leave Man United. And then we said, because of the Greenwood situation and because they're both forwards, right? That we want to keep him because like... We've lost this player due to an unforeseen kind of uh, circumstance. And we want... Okay, Lingard is a forward that could take Greenwood's place. And then we didn't play him once after that. And then he left for free. (laughs) I mean, what? What are you doing? I mean... Literally the same things also just happened with Pogba. I'll get on to Pogba in a minute. We also sold Pereira by the way. I forgot to mention that. He's gone off to Fulham. Why would you do that? Player, Player's not working out at your club. Player does not want to play for your football club. You're not picking him. You're not even choosing to put him out on the field. He was on the bench a couple of times. I think he made a few substitute appearances. But he wasn't starting games. On loan to West Ham, all worked out great. Hey, do you want 30 million? We like this player. You don't really want him. No, we don't want him. We wanted more money. We wanted more money, basically. And then West Ham came back in January and we said, oh no, because of Greenwood, we want to keep him. That kind of makes a bit of sense. But then what doesn't make sense is you said that and then still didn't play him. And then now he's gone for free. What the hell? I mean, you basically you just lost thirty million, which you could have used to sign another player or put some of that money towards another player, who could have actually replaced Jesse Lingard. So what the hell are you doing? Same thing with Pogba. Um, he obviously was academy graduate, just like Lingard was. Um, we let him go for free to was it Juventus? Yeah, let him go for free to Juventus. Brought him back for ninety million pounds, Paul Pogba. There were some ifs and buts and maybes about is he good enough? Is it working out? Is it wrong system? Wrong manager? Mourinho was there, etc., etc. All a bit of a like. It, 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 it didn't really work out. I still maintain that the team that the, the team around Paul Pogba wasn't good enough. The midfield specifically, which is what we've been moaning about for a few years. Then, uh, same thing happened, I think, last season or the season before. Um, clubs were offering money for him. I think Real Madrid were kind of sniffing around on that. Juventus were sniffing around. We wanted more money. Pogba was unhappy. Turned into a whole bad situation. Pogba seemed happy at points. But, um, again, didn't work out. And then, just runs his contract down. We even if you don't get ninety million back, we still were getting offered decent money for him. You end up then getting no money for him, and another player leaves for free. So you've probably lost roughly, but with the two of them combined, you've probably lost about 
Because I think there were some offers of about 60, 70 million for Pogba. Something like that. And there was offers for 30 million for Lingard. So you've lost about 100 million pounds. Actually you lost more than that. Because in, in while these two situations were playing out. Pogba was on I think 300 grand a week. Or 290. And Lingard was on 140 grand. So you've also lost like. Hundreds of grand per week on players that like didn't want to be there. Pogba was getting picked more than Lingard. But Lingard was sitting there just kind of getting paid 140 million to not get pay- played. And then left for free. So you've lost a lot of money by just be- by just wanting too much money for your players. It's so, so, so stupid. Um, Pogba's now moved on. He's at Juventus. I didn't want Pogba to leave. I think Pogba's a fantastic player. But Pogba is admittedly somebody you need to build a bit of a team around. But when you do that in the way that France have and the way that Juventus clearly have, it works out pretty well. We just never did it, really. Um, It's a shame. It's a big, big shame. So, uh, Matic, I thought Matic was maybe going to stay for one more season and we could have maybe, like, uh, nurtured Ghana into this team and he could have learned off of Matic. That didn't happen. Matic has gone off to Roma. I think we'll miss him. I think we'll miss him a lot. Sure, wasn't the quickest player, but uh, so, something that you get with a player like Matic is football IQ ex- and experience, and somebody that could clearly still control a midfield. I mean, even in the later parts of the season just gone, when you saw Matic on that midfield dictating the play, again, not particularly fast, but dictating the play, knows when to pick off passes, could read the game, um, he was still fantastic. And he said he wanted to leave, so that's that's fine. We decided to move him on, um, and he he left. So he's going to be a bit of a miss. I don't even know what to say about Cavani with 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 that. Um, Cavani didn't really want to be here by the end, and it's just another situation where a player had to move on. The season before the one just gone, he was a phenomenal part of our team, uh, scoring goals. You know, Ronaldo wasn't there and everything. Um, he was brilliant, and I'm going to miss that version of Cavani. So, that's a shame. Mata, uh, we knew Mata needed to move on. Same thing as Matic. Uh, again, Mata, still incredible player. Football IQ, intelligence, experience. He, They could both offer you those sort of things, right? But I suppose it was, unfortunately, time to move on from them. Andres, per- Andres Pereira has gone to Fulham for £10 million. Um... Because he was with some... I never found out the name. Some Spanish team he, I think he was on loan at. And there was almost an agreement for £10 million, But they turned it down. He's now gone off to Fulham. Who are in the Premier League with us this season. So... Yeah. Be very interesting to see, right? Because I said earlier about our midfield. And like getting run through by everybody. Including Norwich and everything. I wonder... If we play Fred McTominay against Fulham and Pereira is I don't know who's I don't know who plays for Fulham right now if Pereira is in the midfield against Fred McTominay with I don't know if they play four in midfield or five but it's usually three who the other two midfielders are going to be with Pereira and what they will do to Fred McTominay if Fred McTominay do play against Fulham that will be very interesting to see because uh, Pereira is not a great player. Um, it never really worked out for him. There was a period in point where we weren't really using him. And I was like, hey, try Pereira out. Give him a run of games. We gave him a run of games. And it didn't work out great. 
So, yeah. Uh, but those are the outs. Those are all of the outs that we have so far. Uh, again, just for reference, I'm, re- I'm recording this on the 26th of July. So, if there's ins or outs after that, in between that and the 7th of August, then, obviously, those have happened after I've recorded this episode. Uh, other things that are going on so far. Ronaldo. <clears throat> Has handed in a transfer request. Um, there's a few different elements to it. Um, one thing that was one, th- one thing that was reported was Ronaldo is unhappy with the club's ambition. There was also an event where apparently something in his personal life happened with his family, and he went away for two weeks. Of course, we know that he lost his uh, child last season. I-, I think it was late last season. And he had to go away for a couple of games. Completely understandable. Uh, of course that stuff is more important than football. If you have you know, personal emergencies. Or you know, family tragedies. Things like that. So no problem there. We don't know the specifics of. And we don't need to know the specifics. It's, it's personal family stuff. We don't need to know. That's none of our business. Uh, and I'm not saying these things to defend Ronaldo's recent. Am- uh, 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 what do you call it? Absence. I'm not using those things to defend that. Of course, we knew a bit more about the previous incident, which was with the uh, incident with the child. Um, and again, I gave my condolences at the time. Of course, that's you know that's something I've not experienced, so I don't know how Ronaldo feels. I don't know how the family feels, but probably not very good. And you know, it's a family tragedy. It's not something that's not nice to happen. Um, so gave my condolences at the time. Whether the newer situation was to do with that or something else. Again, if it's something that's per- happened personally in his family. We don't need to know. It's none, none of my business. None of your business. Um, but yeah, something's happened personally in his, li- in his life. And he had to go away for a bit of time. So he missed pre-season. Um, some people have said like, oh, he's lying. and He doesn't want to be here, etc, etc. You can think that, but we, d- we don't know the details. We don't need to know. But something happened... And that's what we know. In terms of the other element, which was mentioned and is more to do with our business and you know what fans need to know about the club and what's going on, he has said in a it was reported and he said the club is lacking ambition. Now, one element to that that we can point to is the fact that Ronaldo is a prestige, you know, big footballer, and Ronaldo's very used to playing Champions League football. He did for his whole time at Manchester United. He did for his whole time at Juventus and Real Madrid. Uh, I don't remember his sporting Lisbon career before he came to us, but still. he, he He's somebody that wants to be on the big stage Champions League. Like your Messi's and Mbappe's and Neymar's and all these other big players. Benzema, you know, Lewandowski, all those sorts of people. Fair enough. So if, I... Think he's, I think he's right. I think the club does lack a certain amount of ambition. Does Eric Ten Hag lack a certain amount of ambition? No. But Eric Ten Hag doesn't get to decide. Eric Ten Hag gets to basically say, I want these players, they will fit into my system. Or I don't want these players, they won't fit into my system. He can tell the club that all he, want, all he wants. But Eric Ten Hag does not negotiate deals. Um, that's up to the people that negotiate those deals. He also doesn't get to decide... We're spending fifty million on this player or whatever. That's obviously where the Glazers come in. That's where um, John Murta, Darren Fletcher come in, etc., etc. And you look at the outs. I've just sorry the ins. I've just mentioned 
Ericsson, Malasia, Martinez. Is it enough? No. Are those good players? Hopefully. I mean, I have faith in them. Malasia's look good. Ericsson I like. I haven't seen much of Martinez. But it's not enough. We just had, like, one of our worst ever seasons. Liverpool almost won the quadruple. Which would have been a disaster for us. And our history. And... Because we're almost getting to a territory now that we're doing so bad... That Liverpool have almost like... Liverpool almost ruined Man United's 99 season history. The treble. They they almost stepped on the toes of the... That's like Alex Ferguson era stuff. Which is a precious part of our history. Liverpool almost ruined that. um, By almost winning the quadruple. They didn't, but it almost happened. So we should be looking at the situation as a club and thinking... We can't let that happen again you know Man City are sitting here winning league titles we're sitting here as fans hoping that kind of like we were sitting here I I was sitting here last season on the last day of the season thinking I hope Man City win the league so that Liverpool don't I shouldn't want either of those two teams to win the league I shouldn't be sitting here as a fan going oh please City beat Aston Villa so Liverpool don't win the league we shouldn't be in that situation and like finishing sixth, um, you know, and like City getting close in Champions League, Liverpool being in the Champions League final, Liverpool winning the FA Cup and Carabao Cup, being one point off winning the league. It's not good. It's not good at all. So Ronaldo's right about that because I think we can all agree that the the club does lack a bit of ambition. We are too scared to spend money because we want to. The Glazers want to keep more of it for themselves. It's terrible. Um, so should Ronaldo stay or should he go? I think there's a lot of different elements to it. First of all, does Ten Hag even want him? Um, does he? He doesn't want to stay here. I think ultimately, because I think there's a question mark over. Okay, does Ten Hag actually want him? But the thing is with that, because you should say at the end of the day, okay, if a player turns around. And says, I don't want to play for this club. And you can't convince him to stay. The The club is bigger than the player. And what you don't want to happen. Especially with a fresh situation with Ten Hag. Is, okay, if you've got a big name player like Ronaldo. He's in your dressing room. Uh, you know, the player's dressing room and that. And he's the big name here. And he doesn't want to be here. What does that do to your dressing room? And he's spoken a bit about before about like, okay, I, I've come into this club, I've won everything, right? Like Champions Leagues, Premier Leagues, League titles, other things. And there's this Harry Maguire guy, he's got the armband on. Harry Maguire is trying to give a team talk. I, I, I still can't even imagine what that looks like. I mean, you've got Varane, Varane there as well and De Gea. Varane and De Gea have been there and, 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 and won things. Uh, Varane's won Champions Leagues, De Gea's won one of the last players from the Ferguson era. They've All three of those have done a lot more than what Maguire does. And Maguire's the one with the armband on? Really? Um. Yeah. Like. That's not normal. That's not okay. And again, what does that do to your dressing room? Like, Varane's a regular starter. Ronaldo's a regular starter. De Gea's a regular starter. And Maguire's the one that the, the big signing at centre-back with the armband on. I, I couldn't I couldn't in my mind 
Visually imagine Maguire giving a team talk in the dressing room and Ronaldo's the one sitting down. De Gea's the one sitting down. Varane's the one sitting down. All three of those are listening to Maguire try to give a team talk when he's not really won anything. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that, when you talk about club ambition, that doesn't fit right, does it? Because it should be the other way around. It should be one of those players or somebody else, and Maguire should be sitting on that dressing room bench, um, sitting, listening to a team talk. That's where Maguire should be. But, again, it, it, again, what does this do to the dressing room and the team morale and all this kind of stuff? It's it's a big, big thing. So, um, do I want Ronaldo to stay? I mean, he scores a lot of goals. The the thing is with that is like, does he fit Tenag's system? Because if he doesn't, that's a problem, and I want Tenag to succeed. Because the bigger deal is okay, Ronaldo will get you goals. He absolutely will. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't, uh, if you have a bigger effect on the team, <coughs> and he doesn't fit into Tenag's system, and that affects the team. That's more important than Ronaldo. Ronaldo will get you goals. But if he doesn't fit into the system. And he doesn't actually want to be here. Then that's a problem for Ten Hag. And that has a bigger. That's that's more than just what does Ronaldo want. Will Ronaldo score goals. If that's affecting the dressing room. And the system of the team. This new system that like we're trying to build something with. That's a bigger problem than just Ronaldo will score you goals. So. He he probably should leave. If he doesn't actually want to be here anyway in the first place, then yeah, he probably should leave. Because what we should be doing with this new Tenagira is, regardless of who you are, whether you're Ronaldo or Mengi or William Fish or Varane or whoever, if Tenag goes in there, sits down with the whole team and says, right, I'm building something new, different system, if you're not going to fit that system or if you don't want to be here, Now's the time to go because this is a fresh start. It's supposed to be a fresh start. If you don't want to be part of this fresh start, if you want to go off somewhere else, um, like Pogba and Lingard wanted to, they ran down their contracts, they wanted to go, they're out, they're gone. If you don't want to be here, then put your hand up and you can walk out that door. Well, not quite as simple as that. You have to be bought by another team. But if I sit down the whole team and I say, hey, put your hand up if you want to be here. Okay, you cleared all that. Put your hand up if you don't want to be here. Okay, you you lot can all leave. If there's maybe like players that say, "Hey, I'm not quite sure like where my place is. Can I talk to the manager and say like, hey, what's your system? Am I like part of your plans? I I want to be here for May United, but I'm not sure if I'm going to fit in with what you're doing. But I want to be here. That's a bit of a different situation where you say like, hey, I've got these players I want to use. These players I don't. You want to be here, but you're not sure how you're going to fit into my system, or if you're going to be like, where are you going to be in the pecking order of players and selections? That's something you can work with and negotiate, um, and I don't know, find your place in the team. I don't know which players would fit that criteria, but there's three criteria essentially of like players that want to be here, want to prove themselves, want to work hard. Okay, you can stay. It might not work out for you, but if you want to be here, you like look at Tenag and all that, and you want to be part of the system. Then you got to fight for your place, right? The middle one, which is like, you want to be here, but you're not sure how you're fitting to the system. Are you going to be good enough on that? You could, that's something to work with. But if you're in the other, if you're in the other department and it's like, nah, I just don't want to be here anyway. Then okay, you can just go because we can just try to replace you. So there we go. 
Speaking of players that... Gosh, this is a messy situation. Um, speaking of players that don't want to be here, but the club wants... Ten Hag wants him. Frankie de Jong. Boy, this is a ridiculous, messy, stupid, ugly situation. And I I don't think I've seen this situation happen before. Because there's a lot to dig into. So, strap in. So, Xavi, who is a former Barcelona player, is currently Barcelona's manager. Xavi wants Frankie de Jong to stay. De Jong wants to stay. Eric Ten Hag wants Frankie de Jong. Because he's worked with him before at Ajax. And clearly, you know... If there's players you've worked with before, and you know that they can fit your system, you're probably, when you get to a new club, going to say, hey, these are some of the players, like, like it's not about bringing his whole Ajax team over, or bringing over everybody's only worked with before, and he's worked with Ericsson before, by the way, and obviously Martinez as well, because uh, Martinez was literally just at Ajax, and now he's with us. Um, so, Diong doesn't want to leave Barcelona, Javi wants him. But Ten Hag also wants him. But De Jong doesn't want to come to Manchester United. So work that one out. And again, he fits the he kind of immediately fits the criteria of like, no, nah, he wants to fight for his place at Barcelona. I mean, that's between him and Xavi to sort out, right? Xavi's the one that selects the team for Barcelona. But he doesn't want to leave. He wants to fight for his place at Barcelona. So he should probably stay there. He's a great player from what I hear. Eric Ten Hag wants him. And he would fit his system. On the financial side of things. We've been negotiating with Barcelona for about. Uh, how many months has it been? I think the first contact. Not to use a Star, Wars, Star Trek reference. But the first bit of contact was made in May. Which was a few months ago. We're now towards the end of July. This has been going on since the end of May. So it's a messy situation. Barcelona are in big financial trouble. Big financial trouble. They owe a lot of money. So do Man United by the way. But I think Barcelona have got their investors or whoever they owe money to a bit more on their back. I don't know the entire situation. But from what I hear the people that Barcelona owe money to are a bit more sort of like we want it sooner rather than later. Like really soon. Barcelona currently owe Frankie de Jong wages in the region of, I've heard, between 12 and £17 million. Now, what I'm curious about is, I think Frankie de Jong's been there for a couple of seasons. So, if you look at some of the higher earning wage players in football, usually you hear about between 200 to 300 grand a week. I don't know what de Jong's wages actually are. How do you go from owing a player, let's say 200,000, to, you know, kind of even things out a bit. And you pay that once a week, and there are four weeks in a month. How do you go from, okay, your wages are 200 grand a week, to suddenly, that last, that has gone on for such a long time... And there might be bonuses and other stuff that I'm not maybe aware of. How do you go from that to we now suddenly owe you about 17 million? 
Yeah, that I I don't know how that would have happened. Was it gold bonus? Was it shirt sales? Or there could, I don't know what's in Frankie De Jong's contract. There could be other things. But the specifics of what I've heard is that's what they owe him in wages. Keep that in mind, wages, and not with bonuses or anything else. Or commercial whatever revenue. I've heard it's wages. So have you ever paid this guy? <laughs> like, I don't think he's been at Barcelona for that long. So has he, like, ever been paid by Barcelona? I don't know. That's a weird That's a weird one. And I've also heard that they owe three or four other players wages. They've also gone and just bought Rafinha for about £80 million. They've been buying other players. I think they've just bought Lewandowski for, I, th- I think I heard something like £50 million. Um, they then have tried to, they've been trying to buy Jules Kunde for 55 million. And they've bought, um, what's his name? They, uh, renewed Dembele, Usman Dembele's contract. So that's going to be like 300 grand a week. And they've bought like a few other players as well. I can't remember all of them. So what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? If you alone take that 8 million that you just bought Rafinha for, the Rafinha from, from Leeds... Why didn't you use some of that 80 million to pay the 17 that you owe Frankie? I have just heard as well that they sold their, I think, 40% of their TV rights for 25 years. Goodness me, that's a long time. I'll, I'll be in my bloody 50s when that when that's done. 25 years. I'm, I'm 28 years old. I'll be in my 50s by the time that's over. That's wild. That's wild. In fact, I'll be. How old will I be? 58? Will I be by that point? Yeah, 58. I think. I'll be nearly bloody 60. By the time that that deal's over. And I'm like, that's... Wow, that's a long time. That's a really long time. Um, I don't know what I'll be doing when I'm that old, but... Yeah, that's that's wild. And they've gotten a few... I've heard that they've got like a few hundred million from that. Why don't you use that to pay off the debt or some of your debt or Frankie's wages or these other players' wages? Why are you still buying players? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. But Barcelona have been told by some of their investors that, like, you need to sell some of your assets. Keep that in mind. Sell your assets. Stop buying players. You need to sell some of your assets. And that's why this De Jong deal has been a bit more pushed forward. But again, he doesn't want to play for us, apparently. So maybe we should kind of just forget about this De Jong thing. And stop chasing him after like two months. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Um, We could have bought two other... Because I think the uh, deal... The, the, the money that Barcelona wanted was 80 million. We could have bought two other players in that time. Or one other player in that time. Preferably, probably a different midfielder. Um, so I have no idea what's going to go on with that. I don't think we're going to get De Jong. I don't think we're going to. Um, which is interesting as well, because when I did my United cast wrap-up at the end of May, De Jong was something, somebody that I mentioned, and I said at the time, oh, it's been reported that he doesn't want to pay, uh, play for Man United, and I said, so we're probably not getting him. I said that back in May. You can go and listen to the episode if you want. So why are we still chasing him? If a player says to you, I don't want to play for your football club, I want to fight for my place at this team with the manager called Javi, why are we still chasing him? Because even if you do agree a fee with Barcelona, 
he's probably still just going to be like, no, I'm not going to accept the contract. Because you have to accept personal terms and the transfer fee to buy a player. And if he doesn't want to play for us, then what are we doing? And what I don't want us to do is to like, hey, Frank, Frankie, here's a bit more money. Because then you're just joining our club for money, and that's not what you want. Especially not in a new rebuild era that we're supposed to be in with Ten Hag. That's really not what you want. Because then what you end up with is an Alexis Alexis Sanchez situation where, I think it was after a few training sessions or something, he was like, nah, I don't want to be here. And he had like a five-year contract worth 200, was it? No, worth 400 grand a week. And he didn't want to play for us anymore. Yeah, that's bad. (laughs) And other clubs are going to look at that and think, oh, you're on 400 grand a week? Nah, you're not going to take a pay cut, are you? Um, And then we loaned... Uh, Sanchez out to what was it Inter Milan, and they paid 150 grand of his wages, and we paid 250 grand. So we were still paying him quarter of a million a week to not even play for us. It's it's stupid. It's really really stupid. We've got to get we've got to get smarter about this stuff. Uh, again, Malasia 12 million that looks like a great deal. Eriksson for free looks like a great deal. Martinez bit more money 55 million still could work out pretty well. Those seem like better deals. So yeah. Anyway, I'm an hour and eight minutes into this, and I've not even mentioned um, the football itself so far. So let's get into that. I just needed to sort of get this crap out of the way with everything else. Um, The ins, good stuff. The outs, players to move on. All this other stuff, Ronaldo, De Jong. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, All right, let me me get to my... Okay, so here, out of the players that we do have at the moment, here is my team selection. And... This, is, this isn't for me saying, oh, if we get this player or that player or whatever. This is for players that we do actually have at the football club that I can select from. So you start off with David De Gea. Then you probably played the low, Eric Bailey, and Varane. Left back, at the moment, I'll go with Malasia. Just because I, I'm liking what he's looking like. But if you would select me, this isn't me. So I'm not going to do any of this sort of like, oh, I would pick him or him. I pick Malasia at the moment. I, I would pick him for the opening day against Brighton and see how he gets on. So that's my uh, defensive selection. De Gea, Delo, Varane, Eric Bailey and uh, Malasia. I would either go with then a 4-2-3-1 or some sort of 4-3-3 combination. I would pick Donny van der Beek next to Martinez. Christian Eriksen as the more forward player because then what you've got is... Um, Hopefully a, a more defensive, defensive-minded midfielder, which is what we've been needing for a long time in Martinez. A box-to-box, sort of very intelligent midfielder with Donny van der Beek. And then somebody who's more of a forward 10 Bruno-type role in Christian Eriksen. And then just by kind of default choice, because, I mean, Ronaldo is still here, but he said he doesn't want to be, so I'm not including him here. Sort of by default, Sancho on the right, Anthony Martial up front, Marcus Rashford on the left. That's sort of what you got to pick by default. If Ronaldo turns around today or soon and he says, I changed my mind, I want to play for the club, I'm all in, I'm turning back to... I think he has gone back to training because he's still got a contract with us, he still plays football for us. Um, If that happens, then I'm taking Martial out and I'm putting Ronaldo in. Because I think Ronaldo's a better striker than Martial, simply put. I think Martial's done very well in pre-season. Um, but Ronaldo's the better footballer, so I would choose him. And Marcus Rashford, just because 
sort of a default selection. Um, so yeah, again, you can't pick from Greenwood at the moment. You can't pick from Ronaldo. You can't pick De Jong because none of those are sort of really here right now. So yeah, that is my team selection. So just to reiterate, De Gea, Delo, um, Varane, Bailey, Mercia, Van der Beek, Martinez, Eriksen, Sancho, Martial, Rashford. Uh, that still leaves good options for the bench. Um, Dean Henderson, by the way, has gone on loan. I forgot to mention him in the outs. Uh, I sort of just that just Henderson went out my brain, I suppose. Um, but he's playing with uh, Jesse Lingard. Uh, remember, Garner's not there. Garner's with us now. Garner's not at Nottingham Forest. Garner's with us. Um, so I think you can pick seven players. Is it five or is it? I'm going to go with seven. So who would I have on the bench? I guess is it uh, is Heaton? That's our other goalkeeper. Um, Twenzebi. Um, Iqbal. Um, who's the other players that we got that play out wide? Who have we got as forward? Alanga, uh, I suppose. We're quite short on the front line, aren't we? on the forward line, aren't we? Uh, again, can't really technically include Ronaldo. Uh, Garner. Sorry, let, let me do that again. Heaton. Twenzebi. Iqbal. Garner. Bruno. Um, one of the left backs. Probably Shaw. And then... Who have we got in midfield? Who the hell have we got left in midfield? Um, who have we got left in midfield? Savage, Savage. He's been alright in. Gosh, we're really low on midfielders. Um, maybe somebody like Diallo, because we haven't got a second striker. We don't have a second striker. Because if Ronaldo wants to, if we count Ronaldo out at the moment, because he doesn't want to be here. We don't have a second striker. Because <laughs> uh, who, who else is in the team? Alanga. Chong. Um, I'm completely just not counting Fred and McTominay. Because I don't want them here. Garner I said I'd put on the bench. Iqbal I'd put on the bench. Gosh we're really. Yeah that's that's what I suppose. When you take out like Pogba, Matic, Cavani, Mata. We are quite fit. I didn't realise this until I started talking about the, the team. I mean, Eriksson Martinez De Jong is a pretty good midfield. And Iqbal's look good. Savages look good in preseason. Martial is. What are we going to do if Martial gets injured? We really need another striker. Um, De Jong, you can't count him. We are in for this, like, Anthony winger, but we've not got him, so I can't include him. Greenwood is AF, uh, AFK. That's a gaming. Uh, that means away from keyboard. Greenwood is not away from keyboard. Greenwood is missing. Uh, let's just call it that. Can't select him, obviously. Who else is in this team? Uh, Mengi, I would. Did I say Mengi? He looked good in the portions we've seen him. I guess you've got like. You've got like Garnaccio and Maybury, but. I think with players like that, they're a bit more of an unknown quantity. 
Um, who else have we got in this team? Is that it? Am I forgetting somebody really big? Um, no, I already, t- already included Ericsson, Valencia, Martinez. Already mentioned all those players. Yeah, we we need like, oh gosh, yeah, we need a lot of players. If one of Rashford, Martial, or Sancho gets tired, suspended, or injured. I mean, I guess if you, like... Okay, so if Rashford gets injured, you take him out, you probably put Alanga there. If Sancho gets made unavailable, you probably put Diallo there. If Martial gets injured or is unavailable, I honestly don't know. You can't put Rashford as a 9, I don't think. I think if Martial is unavailable, I think you go with, like, a 2 up front. But... I don't know who that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who that is because we don't even have like an academy player, like a sort of. Because is a left winger, from what I understand. Diallo's left winger. Maybe like an attacking midfielder. Iqbal's a centre midfielder. Savage is a centre midfielder. Um, because probably what will happen, right? If somebody like a Van der Beek or Bruno or one of our midfielders is unavailable, we probably put Fred or McTominay in there, right? You've also got Gardner as an option. But still, we we are quite paper thin with this team. We we shouldn't really be looking to get players out, to be honest. Unless it's some of our defenders who you could get away with, like, letting go. Um, no, like, that, that's, that forward line is very, very paper thin. I didn't really realise that until just now. Like, yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Um... So to wrap things up here, uh, in preseason I think we've looked very good. Preseason's hard to judge off, obviously. Like we played very well against Liverpool. It's interesting with the I think it was the Melbourne games and the Liverpool game. We looked very good. We scored a lot of goals. I think we scored four goals in each game. Uh, Martial has looked good. I will say that he's looked good. The interesting thing with Martial is he because he's got no competition right now, right? Ronaldo said I'm off whatever I want to go and he's obviously travelled to Portugal for a bit and he's come back. Cause I mentioned this exact thing well when when it was just Martial and he was scoring goals and then we brought Cavani in, Martial fell off. Then when Ronaldo came in, Martial ended up going out on loan because we had Greenwood, Cavani, Ronaldo. For a little bit anyway. But our main two strikers was Cavani and Ronaldo. Martial doesn't do well with competition. I mean, it's happened before. When we used to play him as, as like a winger and a striker sort of thing. Like when Lukaku was there. And when Sanchez was there. He didn't do well with those uh, players coming in. So he doesn't do well with competition. But, Anthony, you need to know that uh, you can't play every game. Uh, you, you can't play every game. You're going to get tired at some point. You're going to get, like, you're going to need to get rested. You're going to get... I don't know if Martial gets sent off at some point. You're going to get injured at some point. Possibly. Uh, you can't play the entire season with just Martial. Because fatigue will start setting in at, at the very least. So you need some backup. Um, plus I still... Even though he's done well and he's scored some good goals. I just still don't see Martial as a striker. I don't see him as a number 9. Now if we get 10 games into the season or something. And he's scored at least like 10 goals if he's grabbing that if he's grabbing like a goal a game for the first 10 games 
I'll sort of like, okay, he's doing really well, but I just, apart from that season where he did grab like 22 goals, which I think he's only done once when he had no competition, I don't see Marshall as a regular 20 plus goal striker. Um, I just don't, I don't see him as that. So we shall see. Uh, but other players, Rashford's looked sharper, which is good. Uh, Sancho's looked good. Iqbal's looked good. Savage's looked good. Most of the players so far have looked relatively good. Um, I don't think our usual sort of suspects have looked good. Lindelof, I think, has looked shaky. Maguire's looked not very good at all. There was the one goal that I think it was Melbourne scored against us. Uh, if we play a high line with Maguire, Lindelof, it just doesn't work. They can't run back, which is where you need the pace of somebody like Varane or Bailey to be running back because they they can't do it we'll get caught out on the break when that happens and we need to play a higher line because we need to push the team up the pitch you can't do it with those two so both those two Fred and McTominay obviously haven't looked good um I think Fred's looked good at certain points but yeah just still just not not good enough I think um yeah most of the team has, has looked good um the was it Aston Villa was it Crystal Palace um the Esther Villa game and the Crystal Palace games. Mainly the Esther Villa game. The most recent one, I think. The 2-2 game. That left a bit to be desired. I mean, Crystal Palace didn't really put their first team out. Aston Villa put more of their first teamers out. Uh, we, we we started to see some signs of, like, returning things. And it wasn't a good sign. It, it, it wasn't a good sign. So, I don't know. I You know, overall... I trust some of these players. I think we desperately still need more players. Um, definitely still need some midfielders. We really need some forwards as well. We need another striker. Um, yeah, but I trust Ten Hag. I think he's got good ideas. Uh, we've got a new coaching staff as well. None of this Mike Phelan nonsense or whatever. Um, or, you know, McKenna and Phelan and Carrick. None of that sort of stuff. Um, Steve McLaren's here. Interesting. There's some other coaches that I'm not really too familiar with, but Steve McLaren's there. Ericton Hogg is here. Um, so I am I am cautiously optimistic about this season. Uh, I think it just depends on who we buy between now and start of the season, and how we start off the season. Um, there's some players I don't trust. There's some things about this club that I don't trust, but I trust this manager. I trust the coaches. But we'll have to see how it all goes. We'll have to see how it all goes. Anyway, I've said a lot of things. You've probably got some thoughts on your mind about things that I've said. If you'd like to write those, write in those things, of course, Matthew and Entertainment Talk.org. Uh, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. So please feel free to get involved. There's also the email box on the website version of the episode. You can use that or the, e- uh, the clickable email name in your show notes as well. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we're doing on EntertainmentTalk.org for TV, games, films, main night podcasts. So take a look at that as well. Uh, so for our podcast, you can also support us by uh, telling other people. Uh, if you see Twitter fans and whatever on Facebook and uh, uh, Twitter and stuff, you can tell people through that. You can also just tell other people that you know about our content. You can share the episodes around on social media. That helps us out as well. There's also Patreon, the $5, $10 level tiers uh, for the every podcast review options. So take a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, David, who's still posting things over on geektail.co.uk. And Geek Time Radio. Uh, Geek Time Radio should be back today, by the way. So look out for a new episode of Geek Time Radio. David returning and everything. So look out for that. Uh, but geektime.co.uk, Geek Time Radio uh, for all that. Um, for Twitch content, you can find... Of course, 
uh, Geek Town stuff, that's for TV, film news, renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, uh, Comic-Con uh, information, all that sort of stuff. So look out for all that. Uh, Twitch content, you could find, excuse me, Beck streaming uh, very regularly over on her Twitch channel. That's Trista B-Y-T-E-S for uh, retro games, classic games, Tomb Raider, uh, chat streams, all that sort of stuff. And you could also find her, Trista B-Y-T-E-S on Twitch on uh, there and Instagram and Twitter as well. You can find me as well on Twitch at eTalkUK and if you miss any of my streams there's new FIFA career mode episodes to look at as well and game clips. You can find all that archived on YouTube at Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening and I'll see you either in just under two weeks for the new season or our content, whatever we've got soon and thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.